Hey, welcome to Sunday's show. <laughs> I didn't expect to be on the air today, so I don't expect a lot of you to be here either. But I decided last minute to do this. Give me a minute here. I'm uploading some files because, like I said, at the last minute, I decided to do some stuff. And um, we'll give people time to find us today. So give me a minute. I want to upload a couple files here. A couple picture files that I have because I want to share something with you. And we can do this. Okay. All right, so I didn't expect to do this today, but uh, last minute I decided to do it. Go, go ahead and do a show. Um, oh, I was out working in my yard all afternoon, so I'm a little dusty. Uh, anyway, I don't have a book to read today, but I thought I would tell talk about some ghost stories, a lot of them local here in Sacramento, in this area. Hello, Nancy, I'm glad you're on because I got something to show you. Hey, if you want to pop on, I, I have something I, I want to share with you. So pop on on, Nancy. I have something I want to show you. I should have used this during Nancy's show the other day, but I decided to do it today. For some reason, I, you know, how the hell you're going to bug up your butt and decide to do something? I decided to do that today. And like I said, I'm not expecting a lot of people today because I didn't really tease this thing. I just whipped it out about 20 minutes ago. So give everybody about five minutes to get on and Hopefully, Nancy will join me online <laughs> really quick. She may not want to, but uh, okay. Anyway, um, hang on. Let me see if I can get her to come on with us. Okay, I'm still here, guys. I haven't gone anywhere. Okay. So maybe I'm going to ask you to come on before I do this. But anyway, um, I really wasn't going to do this today, but... Hello, everybody. Yeah, just use your mic. You don't have to have a visual. Don't turn your camera on. Just use your mic. Because I want to show you something. Okay, I'll send you a link right now. That's what I get for forgetting. Give me a second. I'm going to coordinate this. Like I said, I really wasn't going to go on tonight. And um, <laughs> it's funny because all of a sudden, as I was coming in the house from being in my backyard, I decided that I wanted to um, show you some stuff I had from the Old City Cemetery. And one of them has a picture of Nan from Nancy's tours because we were talking about this yeah, um Friday night with Nancy. So let me get a link over to Nancy. Let me email this real fast, guys. Just bear with me real quick. Because this is all last minute for her and it's last minute for me. So let, let's just do this. Uh, having to respond so fast is scary. Okay. Someday I'll learn to spell Nancy's name. Matt. There we go. Link. See, I get last. Nancy's going to join in via audio today. Because I want to show this to everybody. And I'd rather have her see it too. All right, Nancy, I sent you the link just now. Hello, everybody. Glad to see you. Uh, normally, I'm going to read on a Sunday, but this Sunday, I'm going to do something a little different. Um, I had a bunch of work to do outside, and I, uh, wow, looks like I'm puffed up a little bit here. Probably something from outside. Let me look at myself. Oh, it must be the shadows. Um, normally, I'll read out of a haunted book. I'm going to do that next next Sunday. But today, you know, I like I said, I, I was going to work out in the yard and do some stuff. But I, while I was working out there, I suddenly thought, 
I want to do a show. So uh, I want to do it along the lines of what we were talking about Friday with Nancy. As I remembered, I had, I had gone out to the cemetery on those tours with Nancy, and I had taken photos for the newspaper. And like, well, some of them were for the newspaper, some of them ended up being for me. And so I remembered these photos, these three photos that I took. One was during the day when I was out there with Karen Clark and another one of our psychics. And the other one, just go into the stream and then turn your camera off and turn the mic on. You don't have to use your camera. You can just turn the camera, you can turn the camera off just like you do with Zoom. Use the stream. But anyway, um, so I would shoot. I, I was real creative with my camera back then, and I would shoot with infrared. And if anybody's ever like tried to shoot infrared with a uh, non-digital camera, it's it's a chore. Here comes Nancy. It's a bit of a chore because it um, it's real light sensitive, which is what it's supposed to be. Let me see if we can get her out of now so we can hear. Can you hear me? Yes, I can finally. Okay. See, I told you. Anyway. Everyone. <laughs> sorry, this is so fast. I apologize because I got a bug up my butt when I was out in my yard. Literally. <laughs> and, well, uh, I've been cleaning house and I had a two-hour client. So, unfortunately, I haven't been taking care of my appearance. <laughs> there we go. But I was, ta- I, was, I was, you know, we were talking about the Old City Cemetery Friday night. Right. And I used to go when I when I went out there initially, it was for the newspaper, and then I then I, then I kept going back on your tours because you had me hooked. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting into shooting with infrared film in my camera. Ooh! And uh, I was just explaining it when you shoot with infrared, and it's not. I, I mean, the newer cameras now, of course you of course you can buy those IR cameras and stuff, but back then they were real expensive. So the way you had to do it was that the film was so sensitive. You had to load it in pitch black. Okay. So you had to practice because otherwise you get your fingers all over it. Believe me, you know, <laughs> when, you're trying to load, when you're trying to load film. If anybody's ever like used an old camera like that, it's this is it's not like digital cameras because you got to literally move. You got to literally take the roller, pull the fit, pull the tip of the film out, put it into the camera, put it over the roll, put it over the roller in the camera, and then turn it to inch it over the roller. This is all in the dark for this. So you're doing this in pitch black. Then when you're actually shooting with it, you can't shoot with a regular, like the regular lens on there. You have to have a filter and the filter you use is really dark red when you shoot with it. And so it's hard to focus. So what I would do is I would focus and then I'd put the filter on so I could see what I was doing. And then you're going to shoot with the brightest flash that you have. Okay. So it's, it's involved. And even when you get done shooting with it and having to take it back to the darkroom to process, you have to process it in, in, in complete darkness. My. So you have to take it out in darkness. You have to, you know, you have to open a little film thingy in darkness. You have to load it on, onto the, because no, if anybody's never developed film, it's a fun thing to do, but it's involved because you have to take that film out of that little canister thing and load it onto a reel. And this is all done in the dark, okay? And then you have to be careful because you can't if you, if you get your fingers on the on, if you get your fingers on the film itself, it ruins the film. Ugh. So you can only touch the edges. So you have to load it on this reel, and then if you don't load it um, smoothly, 
you're going to get wrinkles in the film as well. Yeah. So you, this is all done in the dark, right? So you're loading your film. And again, with infrared, you can't have any light. So you have to pre-mix your chemicals, and they have to be a certain temperature. And then, then, then you drop it in an infrared, and then you go through the whole process. And then when you have to move it to, to, to the cleaner and all, you know, to, to, to the rinser and all that, you have to turn the lights off to do that as well. So it's really involved with infrared film. That's why a lot of, like, commercial companies, like, you just can't take it to Walgreens or someplace to, to have them process it. It has to be done, you know, it has to be done at, at like, one of the big photo places if you're going to be using it. But it's a pain. But now I don't know what they use. <laughs> I don't do that anymore because I... I have a thermal imaging camera, so I don't have to worry about it, you know. But back then, we didn't have them. But anyway, so we were talking about, you know, the different graves out at that cemetery, you know, when, when you were giving the tour. And I remember I got a shot at the Mara Woolsey grave one night. Oh, okay. And I picked up Mara Woolsey Ooh. with the infrared <laughs> camera. And I can, in this photo, we'll show you, we'll show where you're standing, where some of the Tour people are standing. Mm -hmm. I just got whole herky jerky. Ah, okay. And you'll see Mary Woolsey. In fact, you can almost see pearls around her neck. Oh my gosh, that's how I saw her. Yeah. So there we go. So over here, I'm going to point. If you guys can see my point, I don't think you can see my point. Nancy is over on the right with the glass. You can see Nancy's always waving her hand, so she's over on the right. <laughs> okay. There's two people. In front of me, obviously, or three people. There's a, there's a gal with like blonde hair, with some foofy in her hair, off to the left. And then you've got two people in front of me. There's a gal standing behind Nancy that looks like, oh my god, you know. But yeah, now if you look above the guy in the white, Mara Woolsey is right there on the edge of the grave. And look where Nancy's pointing. Would you do? Is there a way you can kind of point that out? I may be a little lost. Okay, you're off to the right. All the way to the right. I'm the one with glasses and the light top, right? You're the one standing at the top, at the very top. At the top. When you look at that, there's there's three people on the right. Yeah. Okay, you're the one with the, with, with the white top on the right. Let me put it back okay. here. Okay, you're at the very top. I don't know what top means because in the photograph shown to us, almost look like two pictures. And if it's all one frame, I'm all the way to the right. There's someone there with glasses. Is that me? I don't see anybody with glasses. Oh, well, it looks like there's glasses. Yeah. That could be you on the, all the way to the right. Because mm -hmm. it looks like, uh, well, the one I have is the top of your head's cut off. Oh, hmm. Oh, yeah, I know what you're looking at. Okay. 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 I'm way at the top. So everybody looking, you'll see my chin. Yeah. And, and that's lots that's of black hair. You're waving your hand. Yeah, I do that, right? Okay, now, follow the direction of her hand, and you will see straight to the left of Nancy, across the, across the tombstone. Ooh. That is Mayor Woolsey. Yeah. She's in the tombstone. That was shot. She's Because you told me that she would sit. Let me put this up again. I only did it for a minute, my infinite wisdom. You told me, because you, you, you would tell the tour people that she would sit on the edge of that tombstone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there she is right there. Yeah, that's where I could see her. <clears throat> yep. she's, got a, she's got a little hat on. And if you could zoom in, which I'm not zooming in today, but uh, because I just did this last minute. But if you get close enough on this photo, you will see like pearls around her neck. Wow. But if you look down and you follow that down, 
all you see, there's no bot. There's no bottom to her. Mm -hmm, just her head. Mm -hmm. just, just her head and her the top of her torso, and then there's nothing after that on the bottom. It just it just fades out. No, oh, that's amazing. But that was done with infrared film. Oh, that's it. So that's yeah. Marvelzy. So yeah. You've never seen that photo, see? No. Nope. Nope. Today suddenly it hit me. Hey, I've got this photo of Marvelzy. I just see what I see, and you're lucky enough to catch it at the time it, that yeah. it was happening. That's uh, yeah. amazing. That's kind cool. of wonder, it's kind pretty of wondering cool. how we can do that. Yeah. You know, how does it? I can see with my eyes, and also with my mind when I do something remote. It's, now I have another one where we were walking around the, the the crypts, and you pointed out that somebody was walking in between the crypts, and this is not with infrared film. This is just with my with my SLR camera. Now this is what you guys have to bear in mind. I didn't have a Mavica or digital camera at this point to pick up like like dust orbs and stuff. Okay, I, I didn't have a camera like that. It was all SLR, real good quality SLR. And this is what I picked up, where Nancy said that there is someone walking between the graves, or between those things. There it is. There's a lone orb there. Oh. Huh. Right where Nancy said it was. Well, on some, I remember investigations where I'd be remote calling in, and I would tell you where to put the camera. Yeah. But this is at the cemetery. It's at the I guess cemetery, right? You know, I wish we could have done this with every place I was pointing to, but in a home, it's a little bit more confined and easier when you get out here and all the elements. Um, this is really kind of exciting. Yeah. Mm hmm So I picked that up. And that was on one of your tours as well. Now, I also had the thing happen where that you said there was a, a lemon tree. And what was funny is we got over there, my mother and I, who, my mother who's sensitive, you know, and before you even said anything about the lemon tree, she says, you know what? I smell lemons. I said, what do you mean you smell lemons? And then Nancy comes out and says, well, there was a hanging tree over here. And it was a there was a lemon tree and yada, 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 yada. My mother smelled it. But the weird thing was, was that the camera I was using back then, then by then I was using digital. And the camera I was using, where the, you, where the side where you said the hanging tree was, every time I would try to shoot a picture on that side, the camera battery would die. Oh. But when I would step over like four feet to the right, the camera was fine. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So that was really weird that night. You know, now I went out there a few months later with Karen and it was during the day. And this is, you're going to like this. It was over. The, 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 they, they actually have a monument. It, it, it's a fountain to uh, John Bencourt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we were sitting around the monument and just kind of taking a break out there. And just chit-chatting. And I happened to take a photo of Karen. Check this out. Oh, <laughs> someone's with her. Someone's with her. Now, <laughs> could it be Mr. Bentoncourt? I don't I know. I can't tell. What, well, the thing is, everybody, you can sit at any tomb and somebody else walking around through the cemetery could join you. It's not necessarily right. who that person is, is that person. Right, right. But who knows? Because we were right, you know, right at that area where, where Mr. Bettencourt hangs out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So the fountain is like a smoker, but Karen wasn't smoking that day. So I know it wasn't smoke. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
So we've gotten some cool things. I, I, I'd like to think it was Mr. Betancourt coming to see me. I would like to think that, huh? Because we haven't, you know, because we, I used to go out there all the time and I knew him and all that, you know? The audience may not, or the people who are listening may not be aware that John Betancourt had asked me to start cemetery tours in 96 uh, to supplement their in, incoming funds to rebuild the broken headstones from vandalism. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of years of doing these tours, uh, five or six a year for six years, only ending with his own death. And he uh, uh, got kidney cancer. But he admitted to me that he did believe in the afterlife because of what I was doing for him. Oh, yeah. I just wish that I would have thought about going up to you, like you say, and saying, look, you know, I've been, I picked up some things on my camera. Why don't we come out here, even without doing a tour, and just come out here with that camera and see what we can, you know, pick up? Whatever I move back to your area, yeah. we could do that just for the day, just for the time. I wouldn't mind using that film again. It's a pain, but I still, you know, I have it dark enough in here. I can develop it still. So it's not a big deal. You I know, that would be a really fun project. Yeah. I think we ought to plan it. Yes. I'll get my, get my RV, some air in the tires and the next trip down. Maybe we can make a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Because I still have the, the equipment here to develop it. You know, and I, I used, my dad used to laugh because I had to dry the film and the only place I could hang the film to dry it was his bathroom. <laughs> yeah, bathroom. He'd go in there to use the bathroom and I'd have like five, six rolls hanging there in the shower, you know. <laughs> if someone wants to do an investigation, they have to just do your house. <laughs> we do your house. Yeah. You know what? We could do your house with that infrared film. I wonder. Crazy, man. I mean, show up, right? Promo videos I would shoot here with Monica, you know, and uh, I would pick up voices on, on the EVP. I mean, you know, on, on the film. Well, they always say you shouldn't do your own residence, but I well, think you're going to be. I don't, care. I don't care, you know. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just interesting. And, you know, all those years, you know, I forgot about these pictures for some reason today. They just popped in my head and I thought, hey, well, I'm going to. Trying to process. In fact, when I walked in here, it was like ten minutes to six, and I was trying to get these photos offline to get them, you know, so I could get them up to show them to you guys. But it's interesting. Amir Woolsey. In fact, I want to tell a quick story here because I got really. I mean, I'm not going to say what TV show was here in Sacramento, but there was a popular TV show that came to Sacramento, and they wanted to. There was some. You know the history. I think I think the History Museum in Sacramento. I don't know if it, I think it's in the old Sacramento has a trunk of the Woolseys. Oh, okay. I I think I know this. Go ahead. And this person, and I'm not going to say who it was, decided that I, I forget if they wanted to take some of the stuff from the trunk and go over to the the Woolsey grave, or Ooh. what they wanted to do. I just know I, I it really irritated me. Because, you know, like like the way you told the story of Scal just minding her own business, sitting there waiting for a kid or whatever, you know. So I ended up calling the uh, the history museum to complain when I found out what the plan was. And they, then they never went over there. So I don't know if the city kibosh did or what, but I know it really upset me because, you know, why, why would you go disturb such a peaceful grave, you know? Well, if she happens to be just hanging around. Yeah, I mean, why, why bother that. her? She's not bothering anybody. So it, it really irritated me. Well, you know, we have to take in consideration she may not be a ghost. But 
how many years was I introducing her to a public that maybe had forgotten her? Yes. And people tell me over and over, it's nice to be remembered. Yeah. They're afraid of being forgotten. Yeah. But my whole thing was, was that I just didn't want this particular person because of their investigation style mm -hmm. going over there and harassing her. Ooh. That was my issue. That's legit. And they never went. But I mean, I, I called in. I told them who I was. And I said, look, I know you don't have to listen to me or anything, but I've known Nancy Mass for years. And, you know, I'm throwing names around. <laughs> you know, I'm like. Name drop. Know, Go ahead. Just according to her, you know, the, 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 this this what this, this this soul is peaceful and all this is you know all this and and uh, I just think it would be a bad idea to let that particular investigation team go you know go in there and harass her and they, wow. they never did so I'm just thinking either either it ended up on the cutting room floor or they just didn't get access you know to go in there after her. yeah I can't tell I don't know but yeah so I probably have the only photo the only ghost photo of her. Oh Which my god! Cool, you know. I always want to get the guy up on the telephone pole. That always fascinated me. I always, I was always shooting. I have all these pictures of the telephone pole, and everybody laughs at me. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of. I wonder. You're making me real remember. How many times had I seen ghost still attached to the opulus of a dead relative? And there was two that really bothered me. It was a young man that got hurt in his knee and his father didn't take care of him and he died. The father died and leaned up against the, it's right to the you end of the front. You'd go to the left. It was kind of like mm -hmm. on an angle and it was quite strong, uh, six foot tall. And he was leaning there and it looks like he's been grieving. And in the back was a, um, a woman, a Mediterranean look and she had had twins and died with them. And so they're all buried together and she's outside of her tomb standing mm -hmm. there. So there was a few places where, gosh, it's almost like I can remember real clearly. Gosh, we stopped doing that when? 01, 02? Yeah, something like what, that. Look how long it's been. I still see pictures in my mind of, that would be fun. I don't know if we would get permission from the cemetery to do that again, but wouldn't that be fun to reduce some of those? I have it memorized. I mean, I can, I, I can, I can take people through and go, yeah, there's a guy that sits over here and he's waiting for his family to come back. You know, uh, just the stories like that. Oh, there's a lot of them. Surprise. There's so many out there, and and I don't. That somebody told me that they they're not that somebody else is running it or something, and it's it's not like it's not like a. I could be wrong, but I heard somebody say it's not as pretty as it used to be. Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, the Victorian part of it, because because they, they had these, I mean, it was gorgeous. It was like a Sunday trip. You could take it and have a picnic out there because it was so beautiful. A lot of people did. With all the flowers. I mean, it was just gorgeous out there. I haven't been out there in a while. I, I was think, out there probably like two years ago, before before COVID. I think Betancourt's wife, after he passed away, they used to have committees that go out there and fix it up. Yeah, we used to, uh, my, my team used to do that. Or did you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, um, we were responsible for like twenty graves. Yeah, out there, you know. But I mean, I haven't been out there for a couple of years. So, I mean, once COVID hit, you know, every, every, the whole right. world changed, so nobody went anywhere. But it is an interesting place. But I did want—I did want to show that to you because I, I forgot I had those. I don't think I ever showed those to you. Mm -mm, no, you know that I had actually caught Mayor Woolsey, and I was so proud of that because, like, if you like, if you guys, it's actually on our website. If you guys want to check it out, it's um. Uh, CaliforniaHaunts.org, and it'd be nice because you guys can go in there and zoom in on it because you can you can really see the pearls around her neck if you zoom in on that photo. You know, if I had time, you know, because I, like I said, I did this last minute. 
I just zoomed in for you guys, but I just didn't have time. I was like, I was lucky to get enough loaded before the show started. You know, I do that. I get these epiphanies, these epiphanies, and in a way, I have to go act on them. But it is a beautiful cemetery, you know, and uh, ten thousand graves, and some of them are older than. Well, Mr. Sutter was buried there in 1865, and I understood there were some older ones in there. Right. And you go into the right, Mr. Sutter's there, and it's been, gosh, maybe 18, 19 years since I've been there. But he's right there in the front with a big um, granite pop, you know, 10 feet tall. It's very outstanding. He did a lot for Sacramento Valley, establishing a lot of Sacramento businesses and, you know, downtown area, the lower part. So it was quite a quite an important place. There's some very famous people, Congress people and, you know, really established people there. And I don't think it's gory to go, yeah. but I do find it curious how many people, spirit people showed up. Right. I was amazed. And they um, like to go more at, at night only because the cars and hustle and bustle of people working is quieter. And they, right. and then when they show up, I'm kind of like bright eyed, bushy tail. My goodness, look at all these people showing up. I'm going, who are you? <laughs> and they're and in their era and in their clothing. And the ones that we catch, we they would uh, know their spot. It doesn't mean they're haunting it as much as they're getting attention. Right, right. We know that, and let that be okay, that we're not there to make them go away. That's right. And that's hard to discern. Right. A, someone who was a ghost and stuck because of grieving. And I pointed out two that were, and mm -hmm. you can't wake them up until they're ready. Right. No matter how long it takes. For the people that came in late, let me show these photos again. I know some of you came on to see the photo. And uh, hang on a second. Let me straighten my body out. I've been working, like I said, I've been working in the yard. I'm all sore. Okay. This is Nancy used to give the, we talked about this on Friday show. Nancy used to give tours of the cemetery. Really good tours, actually. Excellent tours. Sacramento, Sacramento. It's Sacramento. really cold out there in October. I mean, we used to freeze our butt oh, out there. <laughs> but we could always feel the cold spots, no matter what. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, there's this one particular grave, Mary Woolsey. That's a that that's a very popular grave out out there for ghosts. Well, it's popular anyway. The, the story's real sad when you when you look her up. And what Nancy used to say is that she would sit on the the the, the tombstone waiting for her daughter or whatever you know she, she was waiting for something there's a lot of those out there that, that are waiting for something and i used to shoot with infrared film in an slr camera and it's real difficult to shoot with it's real difficult to process and i happened to be out there one night with nancy on the tour and i actually got a photo of the ghost that sits on the edge of the tombstone and here's the photo so we got our directions together Nancy is the one in the white with the dark hair at the very top on the right side. For my talking, dad. <laughs> yeah. She, she's talking about the she's talking about the ghost that's sitting there. And if you look over to the left and you see that being that's all white, that is Mary Woolsey sitting where Nancy said she's supposed to be. And when you're able to zoom in on the photo, which you can do at our website at CaliforniaHaunts.org. In fact, it's under your submissions. You have to check that out. When you zoom in on that photo, you can actually see pearls around her neck. Which is really cool. And again, this was shot with infrared film with an SLR camera. This is not a this is not a FLIR. This is done with, with a handheld SLR camera back in the old days when I was brave shooting photos. 
but that is Mayor Woolsey. And that is Nancy waving her hand around like she does, <laughs> explaining about Mayor Woolsey. All right. My hands together, I'll go speak. <laughs> <laughs> the other one I had was, um, it's not with infrared, but Nancy had been telling us about the people, the, the dead folks that were walking uh, walking amongst the graves. And we were around where the two, where the uh, two, I guess tombs, I don't know what they're called. The tombs are. And uh, I happened to snap this where Nancy said, well, there's a gentleman coming towards us. I happened to snap a lone orb coming towards us. You can see it coming down the middle. And this is not with a digital camera, so you're not getting any of the um, stuff that there's dust or anything like that that digital cameras pick up. This is shot with an SLR camera. So that's the core of him. And he's projecting because I'm looking at him. Mm -hmm. My life force touches him, and he's showing me a silhouette of what he looked like. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I can get a lot of detail. Like I said the other night, it's very tiring to do this because I'm using my life force to embrace the form of these people as they project it. This is the core of who this individual is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I said, you have to understand that this is not a digital camera. This is an old film camera that I'm using with infrared film in it and the and the filters that I had to use and all that good stuff. So um, this is this is no CGI, CGI there. <laughs> yeah, it's not, yeah. There's no CGI or Photoshop or anything on that. So I picked that thing up. Went back a third time, but it was during the day with Karen Clark, because at the time, you know what happened is this is a couple. This is years after you had given the tours. So we were trying to talk to cemetery committee into giving and letting us do tours again. Mm, okay. And so I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take Karen Clark out there and we'll see what we, you know, what she picks up. You guys know what Nancy used to pick up out there. So we'll take Karen Clark out there who's never been out there and see what she gets. So that's what we were doing that day. So um, the, the gentleman that used to run that tour, John Betancourt, who was really into it, passed away. And he'd been dead a couple of years, but they, but they built a uh, fountain in the middle of the cemetery out to him, which I didn't even know was there until that day. So we were drawn to this fountain. We sat down to take a break. And while Karen was sitting there, I just started taking random photos of Karen. And this is what came up in the photo. If you look off to her left. To her right. Oh, yeah, to her right. I'm sorry. To my right. left. left to her ah, right. These directions. <laughs> so was that Mr. Bettencourt coming to say hi or someone else coming to see Karen? Karen's a very gifted psychic, so, you know. Could be anybody, but I did pick that up in that area. So yeah, this is during the day. When people tell you there's no ghost during the day, uh-uh. Don't listen to them. And Mr. Betancourt and I would go out during the day. So Karen is, clearly she's meditating. She's quiet herself so she can hear. Yeah. And I'm just a fireball. I have, <clears throat> not the moment, but usually I have a lot of energy. So I've been doing this for so long, I just turn a switch on. And I use my life force to seek out whoever's nearest to me. So during the day, can you imagine when it was 100 degrees and more, downtown Sacramento, middle of July, mm -hmm. in August, and then September, we'd be out there three, four hours while I'm telling stories of the different people I'm picking up. And then he wouldn't tell me if I was right. He'd mm -hmm. only tell me the night of the tour. And I never knew. And clearly, I was doing good enough because he kept asking me back. <laughs> well, the interesting thing, you know, with Karen and her personality, like you say, uh -huh. like like she'll meditate, get real quiet. 
But when she ended up like like when I would do like the conferences and get her out in cemeteries at night, yeah, she was like you. I was I was shocked. Well, oh, here it, we have blah 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 blah. You know, I had to chase her around the cemetery. But it was cool because you know you, you with Karen, she's just so quiet and you know. You, you get you, it. She's that <laughs> outgoing for that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's much easier at night. But I had to come up with the stories. He would say, "Let's go down this road," and every you go on a near a stone that has a story. You yeah. see this person; they're telling you. Well, so next time someone wants to try out what Nancy used to do, go down to the City Sacramento Cemetery, tenth and thirteenth, or tenth and tenth Broadway and tenth. Yeah, Broadway and tenth. Ten thousand stones. Now go in there, look around. Find a stone that has a story to it. Tell somebody and then research it. And I did that for six years, five and six years. Yeah. And I do all that story finding during the hot part of the day and the coldest of winter. And uh, then we'd come back at night. And of course, then I'd be more jazzed up because it'd be cooler. Right. And um, it was really hard, but it gave me a lot of um, insight to what's possible if you don't have fear. And I tell my clients, teach, uh, students, that having a fear of not being able to will hold you up from getting the answers. Because I always said there's going to be someone there or there's not going to be somebody there. And yeah. that's the way I, I do it. Do I have fear? Absolutely. It's I have to say can't have that now. Mm -hmm. Someone said if you don't have st stage fright, then you're not going to do a good job. And my theory is, I can't worry about it. I have to surrender to the process right? and I just let go. And people then say, well, Nancy, don't you protect yourself? I have such a high faith in survival and the divine. I'm not rattled. Right. I don't get rattled. And not spirits get afraid of me. I did a house investigation in Tucson, Arizona, and the spirit person said, I don't like you. You're going to make me go away. And I says, I'm not making you go away. I'm just here to find out if you're a good one or a bad one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's that's all there is. The other thing I forgot to add yesterday, because I forgot too, when you were talking about the parking lot that's across the way from that cemetery, you know, by that store, uh -huh. how the bodies had been over there one time. Right. Well, it, some of the bodies have been moved. Either, what, what's that? Told well, some of the bodies haven't been moved either because I was told when they built this the Broadway mm -hmm. that some of those bodies are underneath there still. Oh, wonder why they didn't bring them back. I don't know, but that's what I was told that you're you're technically walking over bodies out there when you're crossing the street. Holy Toledo! Don't hold me to it. Somebody told well, me. Betancourt did find out the baby had been moved, so I'm sure a lot of them had been. Yeah. And there no, might be some that they just didn't find. You know, who knows? But I mean, yeah. And then the other thing that was funny was that my mother told me this too, is that after you die, your fingernails keep growing. Oh, absolutely. That's because your skin shrinks. And she said when they moved some of those graves and they, you know, they had to open the caskets to move them. <laughs> they had like these hella long nails. I'm not positive that happens. Maybe. But I know that the flesh shrinks. Yeah. And so the fingertip shrinks back and the cuticle shrinks back, which makes your nail look longer. The other thing, too, my father mentioned is that some of the ones, I don't know if it was here or somewhere else he heard, he heard the story, but because they were under trees and, and, and it was damp, you know, from, from the roots. Oh. 
that some were really well preserved. Oh, really that's with arsenic with apricots trees. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what my father told me. Yeah. <laughs> well preserved. You know, so it was creepy. My dad, there's a funny story about my dad in that cemetery, too, because he used to, um, my dad was a mail carrier for years and he used to have them park as his, as one of his routes. Oh, and so he would he would do like the other side of Broadway, opposite Land Park, and then he'd do Land Park. So he would cut through the cemetery for a shortcut mm -hmm. on foot. Oh, oh, great! <laughs> Your big old dad. He he yeah. wasn't afraid, was he? So he's walking through there one day, and uh, I guess uh, he comes home and he's all excited, and he says, "You're never gonna guess what happened to me. I fell in a grave." Oh, in a grave or on it? In a grave. In a grave. Okay. Because apparently they were going to have a funeral. That was one of the, one of the few, you know, few funerals they had. Well, I mean, they probably have them there, but we don't see them. You know what I mean? But I mean, and he said that they had dug the hole for the funeral. And he wasn't. And he didn't see it. He was just walking and boom, down he went. Oh. <laughs> and they had to come get him out. He couldn't get out. He had to yell for the for the security guy to come get him. Oh my gosh! Well, twenty when I we ended those tours. Um, if I started ninety six, of course it'd be two thousand one. That's right. five. So it had to be two thousand two, possibly, because I know he had been dead a year. Right. And the committee, his wife, did a couple tour the next year tours, and that was the last. Right. Um, the first part where all the stones are. That's the old part. Mm -hmm. But if you walk from the front and you go straight through toward the back with the newer ones, and the newer graves don't have the headstones. Right. So I thought that the, the cemetery boundaries had been extended where people right. were still buried. Right. So when your father was a young man, he might have been still part of the front. You know, not the front, but as you walk through. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the newer burials. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing too, um, I used to I used to love to go out and I old cemeteries, even Cape, you know, places like Cape Valley. And I used to love to take pictures of the unique tombstones. There's some really cool tombstones, like and sometimes they'll depict what the person did for a living. Uh huh. So like in Cape, there's a couple of these with these big logs on them with with big saws on them, because <sighs> they're lumberjacks, right? So I take these photos of these graves, and I thought they were cool. You know, you get some really unique and ornate stuff out there and in, in, in different cemeteries. And if you walk around this cemetery, you know, the one here in Sacramento, you'll find that stuff, too. Well, there was one, um, I don't know if you remember, in the middle part, uh, John had asked me what happened there. And I saw the reeves of a river bank. Right. And the two stones next to each other, I didn't realize it. But I said two brothers died in the water. And of course, then he explained to the audience that each stone belonged to each boy and they found them dead in the reeves. But next to them, right behind them, or to the, let's see, I walk up to the stones and the bodies are laid out to the left. And then the next aisle over was a stack of books. And that was a tombstone of a teacher. Yeah. So that's, that's very visible there. And there's a few of them that are really unique looking. Something you don't think about every day. And the big bell for the firefighters. Right. That's right. That's out there. So there's stuff you don't think about like that. And there's also people out there. Not, not John Sutter is not the only one buried out there. Oh, yeah. A lot of famous people lived in Sacramento and their graves are out there. 
And it's funny because you'll be, you'll just be driving through there and see these big old these big old graves like like like, like the Watt family. <laughs> they were there, you know, the Crocker the, the excuse Crocker me. Family. The Crocker family's out there, the Crocker Art Museum people. Uh Kodak is out there. You know, there's a lot of famous people out there. So if, if you live in this area or you, or you want to ever come visit Sacramento, that is the place to go. I mean, it's and and very, now they have like a brochure that they give you at the that you can get at the entrance to tell you who's in there. Because well, there's, a lot, there's so many famous people in there. Well, I suspect if it was existed in the late 1800s, if you died anywhere in the valley, you would want to be buried there with everybody else, sure. kind of a caste system thing. Yeah. That, yeah. Rub yeah. rebels with the rich and famous. Oh, yeah. But I mean, you could spend hours just wandering around this place, you know, looking at the, looking at the famous people, you know, the graves and everything. It's just incredible in there. And it is a haunted cemetery. I mean, you know, a lot of you know, there's a lot of cemeteries that are quiet, but this one is really active because these people are still doing their thing. <laughs> you know, whether it's waiting for somebody or they're, you know, they might be out. You know, kind of reminds me of the one at Disneyland when you go through in a lot of ways. <laughs> Sorta. The haunted I mansion, you know, it's just it's because it's so. Especially when you walk through a dance here, Karen, because it's just like, oh, really, over there, over there, you know. I was surprised, and I think possibly a lot of people lived and were buried all through the valley. Mm -hmm. And some people, if their heaven was how they lived, they're going to stay there. But I was always amazed when we started the tours. I would find the spirits at the stones, but there'd be lost spirits walking around who weren't part of the cemetery. And I used to think, don't they have something more interesting to do than watch us watch them back? Interesting. Think about, just think about that. Yeah. And they would come in and the crowds would get bigger. I'm not sure. Maybe they thought they would be recognized. And a lot of them were because I point them out. Right. So maybe them that's interesting. I, I don't know. But I know I've been on investigations where, you know, I've, have a, I've had the dowsing rods out. I'll say plastic when I was doing the hangman's tree one night. And mm. they were lining up in the street. Right. Just to come in and talk with me. So I, you know, I don't know. Maybe they're just lonely and they, they want to feel that energy again or what, you know, what the deal is. But I remember I spent hours one night just talking to them and then, you know, if they wanted to cross over, helping them out or whatever. But, you know, it's just like they, they were, I remember Karen running in going, oh, my God, you're not going to believe it. They're, they're, they're lined up down the street. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that's about, you know, or somebody used to tell me when I used to go to the city cemetery to work on their, you know, to, to plant flowers and stuff that I had a conga line of people behind me. Don't you wonder? Because they could feel your energy knowing that you would be able to see them or hear hear them. I guess, yeah. And I think that's possible. They're not going to be around somebody who doesn't have a big bellow of energy that would be soft enough for them to penetrate to get to you. Something to do with our life force. Like Carol I said. Carolyn, poltergeist, that's it. No. <laughs> like I said, when I was doing rescues for a while, the spirit would find me. And right. I couldn't figure out why would they find, how would they find me? Well, I had the interest to help. So I would glow a different color or I, my energy would be bigger. So we attract them to us also because mm -hmm. you're very intuitive. They knew that. And I suspect people listening know that they're intuitive enough and they've right. had feelings of people being around them. Right. So those are those people in spirit knowing that you could possibly see or hear them. It's not a sad thing. They have egos just like us. You know, the real people without flesh 
hang on them. So they go, well, I wonder if I get some, somebody say hello to me. You know? And then I remember after I first, the first tour I took with you and I remember I wasn't into this stuff like I am now. And I remember going back to that cemetery and being spooked because I knew where all the ghosts were. Uh, oh, huh. And so every time I go by someplace, I'd be like, I don't want to be over here. <laughs> stop watching me over here. I don't want to be over here. You know, but then I, then as I got more into ghost hunting, I, you know, I start gravitating back and stuff. And that's when I got smart and I knew that the only ticket to be ghost hunting and stuff was having the psychic by your side because they, they could see them and I couldn't. So it was cool. <laughs> um, you know, we stop and think about it. We wonder what spirit life is like and why would you stay around? And we were talking the other night about people in their own time, in their own timeline. So some of those people that we may be seeing are living their life in their time, like turn of the century ladies, pretty dresses and whatever, whatever. And then if there's a ruckus, a bellow, or a lot of psychic energy going off, like at the cemetery with 250 people, that's a lot of breathers. Yes. And so the breathers are generating heat and body energy. So the spirit goes, well, what is that? So they fall out of their time and come to our time where right. we are. Because they want to see what's happening. It's like going to a, a, a restaurant, on, but in behind you hear noise, a lot of clatter. You go, you know, I can walk through the restaurant, but I want to see what's going on in the back because right. they sound like a party. That's the same with spirit people. Right. And I also think, too, that people that don't realize, like, like, I, like, I, like I always say, is that you're born with psychic abilities. And then over the years, if you don't use them, they kind of go to the back burner in your mind. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think these people on the tour, there's, pe there's people on the tour that obviously don't realize they have abilities. And so that's what's drawing them out. It's not only Nancy being on the tour, you know, directing the tour, it's these other psychics as well. So it's like a bunch of, like Nancy says, there's a bunch of little beacons out there. In the right. Night. And it's a big one when you get together that many people. Yeah. Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> you know, and it is, it is interesting. I mean, even the cold spots. I mean, I thought the whole thing was fine. If you remember the story I wrote, it was sarcastic because I, I was just like, yeah, okay, here's a bunch of people running around with their with their palms extended the door and we're trying to feel cold spots in the in October, you know. <laughs> but you do and believe it or not, you know, it could be 30 degrees outside and you're gonna feel lower temperatures if there is if there is a spirit person there. I mean, you're you're gonna feel it even outside. I mean that it, it, it took it took just a few trips out to figure that much out, you know, and then the more I've done this, the more I realize it. Like my house, man, my house, the cold spots come flying. I mean, it could be 90 degrees. It could be 80 degrees on the furnace and something will come flying by. And I can feel it. You know. I like we had to do an investigation of your house. <laughs> I mean, it would be kind of fun. You also with that, that neighborhood is an established neighborhood. So you have 30, 40 years worth of people, of families and Deceased family met uh, coming back and visiting. You my whole place for the investigation, right? Well, yesterday my producer was over, and I don't know if she set her car keys down or what she did with her car keys, but she couldn't find her car keys. And I had grabbed my keys, and we were getting ready to leave the house to go shopping, and couldn't find the car keys. Looking all over the place, reached in my pocket, and there they were. Oh my! I don't know how they got there. I have no clue. I don't know. Oh, if I like that. And shoved them in, or if if or, or if somebody put them in my in my pocket. But well, they, you know, that's fun. I like so, that. 
stuff like that all the time here. You know, stuff will disappear. You set something down and you're looking for it forever, forever and all of a sudden it pops up somewhere in the, in the obvious place. It's just, that's just how it is here. You know, it's my relatives. They're helpful. It's all good. <laughs> as long as I know it's them, I'm all right. You know, so right? I can always tell you guys, I can always tell when I go on an investigation and it's, it's one that doesn't belong here because they, they don't act the same. When you go on a vacation, someone, what I'm was sorry, investigation. I, I mean, I'm tired tonight. Investigation. If something comes home with me. Oh yeah. I can, can tell, tell that, it doesn't belong with you. It, yeah. It, it doesn't act the same as the ones I have here. The ones I have here are helpful and playful. You know, if, if I get something that's going to, like one time, you know, I did an investigation and I have a through the wall air conditioner and the front of the air conditioner got torn off and thrown across the room. Ooh. And I know it's not one of mine, you know, or if something gets thrown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know it's definitely not one of mine because mine won't do that. That's not their MO. So then right away, my poor neighbors, you know, I'll open the windows up. <laughs> These new neighbors don't know me that well, but the old neighbors that were here, the ones on either side of me, and I'll just be like, get the hell out of my house, you know? And <laughs> you're yelling? Yeah, I'm yelling out the windows. I got, I got the doors and windows open, and I'm, I'm yelling at the dead people. <laughs> alone, you know? Or I've even gone as far as to, like, you know, I picked them up. Like in Placerville, I picked one up at, at the Sequoia, and they came home with me, and the only answer to get rid of it, it wouldn't leave, so I finally took it out in the car and drove back up to the Sequoia and, and, and then opened the door and threw it out. Oh, I would have liked to have seen that. <laughs> you do what you got to do to get rid of these things. You know? Right? We don't mind because you know you, you know the ghosts that are in this house. I don't want to mention right? my, my relatives listening, so I don't want to go there with who's here. But let's just put it this way that I went to turn my TV off. That was after I'd done the investigation. There's a prelim. I went to turn my TV off and I heard I heard one one male voice that I didn't recognize talking to the other male voice that I knew. Oh. And I'm like, who the hell are you talking to? <laughs> you know? And uh, then I go to go go to use the restroom and I'm sitting there and I feel a hand go up my spine. Mm. Like, you don't belong here. Okay, you know, and at that point I'm I got the doors open and I'm yelling. <laughs> Nothing happened. So the next day I because I had to go to work at Placerville anyway, so I just put him in the car but, I had them come with me in the car and I dumped them off in the morning. Now I hear the, I imagine the audience is thinking, how do you do that? How do you I'm know? That I've lost my mind too, but I haven't lost my mind. Honest to God, I haven't lost it because I even called the psychic that did the uh, prelim with me. I called her and I said, what do I do? And she thought it was kind of funny, <laughs> but uh, yeah. How do you do that? You just, it's, it's just, if you've got an attachment like that, they're going to go with you anywhere you go anyway, so you might as well just take them. And then they're more apt to, you know, after what, usually what I found doing this stuff is that if you bring something home with you, they usually stay around for two or three days. And then they realize they don't belong there, so they take off on their own. Oh, uh-huh. But when you get one like that, sometimes you have to physically take them back. Then once they get back to where they're supposed to be, they realize, oh, yeah, I'm home. They, rec they recognize familiar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so they'll leave. But um, sometimes, you know, it, it happens. It happens with investigations that, that they decide they like you. <laughs> I have, I like that you're talking about this because I think the audience would go to a place of saying, how do you control or request or demand someone to do that? Mm -hmm. You have to be civil with them, but yes. you have to have strong energy. 
I know you don't belong here. You're going to get in the car with me. We're going to go home. And they don't know any better. They're bewildered. They're upset. And they will hear you. Hopefully yes. the same language because we have a lot. And even in 50, 100 years, 150 years ago, we had a lot of different languages. Hopefully they will get the gist of it. But they're curious just like we are. And yes. I... I am always amazed that there's so much interaction. Right. But yet a lot of my clients, including this afternoon, the spirits go other places and they can enter time and they can be a tourist anywhere. And right. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that there's so many hanging around. Right. And then someone said to me, there's more people alive today than all of history. That, And then I would say, well, I don't know how many generations, pardon me, how many civilizations we had. But if we're not careful, but someone's going to run out, we'll start all over again. Right, right, right. So we do have enough souls, enough people. Right. Yeah. Right. But you can, like I said, you you can tell, like like if you have a a certain type, you know, a certain group that's in your house, that's there consistently. I have an agreement with mine. Don't you know? I know you're here. You know, I know you're here. Don't scare me. And you can pretty much tell if if something comes home that doesn't belong there, right, right. away. You can you you can tell. Pretty much. Well, it's just a, a uneasy feeling in the house. You walk through a cold spot or you get brushed up by something. You go, wait a minute. <laughs> Who are you? Who the hell are you? Yeah. Why are you in my house? You know, but, you know, a lot of the time, too, you know, for ghost hunting, too, what another thing we do, which is funny. And my ghost hunters, at first they find it funny, but then the, the, then they realize that I'm doing it for a reason. The second, the second we we step out into the onto the porch of some place, I'll just say, "Hey, you don't come home with me. You stay here. You don't belong coming home with me. This is your place to be." Set boundaries. Yeah, you set your boundaries, and then you more likely they won't follow you out. But I mean, or we'll even get in the car and do it. We'll just say, "Hey, if there's anybody in the car with us, get back in the house. You don't belong with us in the house." Mm -hmm. because the last thing you want is this is something that doesn't belong in your house taking a cruise home with you you know but you know it happens though you can't avoid if you're a ghost hunter and you put yourself out there it's going to happen mm -hmm. i think that's about the best advice is to set up your parameters if you're going into a place where they've had a lot of activity yeah you're not just finding a mom and dad or grandpa and grandpa are there is just kind of make it clear I call it standing my ground. Yeah. You may not know at all times I've done it, even on the phone. I kind of make my presence known. I don't know how I do that, but I come in with a force. I come in with strength versus yeah. weakness. And a lot of times people want to fess with me, but I just, I think we all have done that. I was talking to a friend one day and she and I are getting into um, lost souls for lack of a better word, and attachments. And she said, I think you have a man with you. And I had to really examine myself. And what you do is you just relax and you go through your whole body with your mind and cover it. And I did find the something. And I gently just pulled him off of me. And I said, who are you? You don't belong here. Go away. And they do because they're not used to someone talking to them that way. Right. Right. Uh, the other thing, too, I've noticed people who have astoundingly different kinds of personality changes that are not their own. Then you can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm not like this. Who's right. on here? Right. Getting drained, too tired. Um, 
personality change, um, things that pop in your mind that not you. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on, but don't call us for that analysis of you personally. You have to have some help because it's one thing for me to pull somebody off of you, which I've done during other, um, wasn't with Char, it was Port Orange Paranormal. One of the fellows had picked up something in the house and I saw it and um, I just pushed him off of him. And this one thing to do that versus somebody who needs a spirit that is joined and then they go through a personality change, that person needs therapy. So even though we're talking about it lightly, it can be a serious matter. So I'm not going to answer 50 calls the next couple hours. Do I have an attachment? You have to know there's one. You have to recognize the issue with your person and seek out either a counselor, hypnotherapist, or someone like me for um, evaluation on why you allowed it to join you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference here. One well, that's another reason why we don't allow investigators to go out when they're sick, if they're mm-hmm. not feeling good or anything right. like that, because it's easier for them to attach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I call it a, a, a crack. Yeah. They got a, a little snag in their peripheral energy field and once someone in the spirit says hmm they're weak i can get in there easily and stay there mm-hmm. and it's not like you're bad or wrong but how many times have anybody i don't gl- uh, go out clubbing but i'm sure pe- a lot of people do after work they're exhausted they're tired they just want to have a good time and maybe they got the sniffles they're going to go out and put a pretty outfit on a nice pair of whatever's and hit the town, and then you don't feel good when you come back. Guess what? Someone's sucking the rest of you up. <laughs> you got to take count of uh, how you're really feeling. Oh, shoot. You'd be surprised uh, how exhausting, if you take what I call a psychic hit, how exhausting it can be. Oh, tell you had You just told me about one that happened to you. We won't say who was doing that to you. And it was really obvious because you knew the person. Go ahead. So I took this hit and I was down. I could feel my stomach flip. Mm-hmm. So I knew right away what had happened. I went ahead with my day because we were doing a post at a very haunted location. And I went ahead, finished it off, went to dinner that night, you know, party, not party, but, you know, celebrated because we, did, we finished the case off and all this. Went home. And all of a sudden, I was so exhausted. I slept the whole next day and part of the day after that. And then I mm-hmm. came out of it. It can drain your energy so much that you don't want to get up and function or anything. So you have to be careful. But I call them psychic kids. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen very often anymore, but maybe once in a while, because sometimes I'll let my guard down and forget. You know, that set myself up with protection around me. But We're talking about someone purposely trying to divert your attention or get to you that's yeah. living. That's yeah. living. Yeah. Psychic. Yeah. Like yeah. uh, it used to worry me when I went to big events because I, I've done this for so long. I was born this way that I would worry that the other people there wanting to attract clients would be in a place of not wanting me to show up. So I kind of felt that. And you can always call it the evil eye feeling, or you walk around and you feel like someone's looking at you real strong. 
those are the per people also that can give you one of those hits. Yeah. And they can suck that right off of you. And you have yes. to tighten your life force to be a walnut shell while you walk around or do whatever you do. Yeah. You have Absolutely. to do it. Hopefully do it. Not, not second to second. And I, I thought I'd go, nobody, don't you touch me. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know? So it, it's uh, through practice and just think about it. And like I said, I hope that I word this correctly. It's whether I belong to a religious group or not, I have faith that I'm being protected, that I'm doing good. Right. That the people are meant to read from me, get my reads from me, or do a tour. Those who need to be recognized are meant to be recognized. Right. And right. because of that, like I said, the spirit's going to be there or it's not. I'm going to pick up who I do. I don't question it. You have to trust that what you pick up. And uh, I had a wonderful opportunity to. Um, I hope we have a little time here. I'm taking all your yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That's fine. So what I how I I always was that way. I had a chance to move to Tombstone, Arizona, uh, um, next door to and Sierra Vista and work at a tombstone location. It was really a lot of fun. I, I read people for a whole year and part of them was uh from the military base and Sierra Vista, and it was a military base where a lot of people were trained to go into a territory without being seen, without being, you know, and then there were some that were trained to go in as military uh, Jeep convoys. And I read two or three people in this whole platoon and I ended up reading everybody, including the captain in charge. And a few times this one lady came in and I cannot judge what I'm going to see. I have to allow no matter if I want to see it in that condition or not, but a man came in with the wounds of being blown up and he come in with her. And I went, you're calling, you're coming in because a friend of yours got killed by your overseas and he's here with you. And I described him. Uh, it was terrible. The lines of death were all over his body and, and big gapping wounds where the body parts had been thrown out. And I said, did you, did you, were you there? Did you see it? And she says, yes, there was only a couple of us. And, I picked up the body pieces and brought them back. And I said, you have to, and I'm telling you, this is a lesson for you people. When, and remember, don't call me with these stories. Not tonight, at least. <laughs> when you witness a death or you witness the aftermath of destruction of the human flesh, do not think of those people in that regard because they grieve along with you as the way they don't want to be remembered. When you think of them in that way, that's how they show themselves because you hold on to their form as you last saw it. It must be terrible for young people in the military to witness the people next to them get blown and for them to carry that to their old age and to death. But what about a teenager, a young adult, or a child on a play field, or people in a grocery market when they see this happen? That death occurred and was over within seconds. They've now in a perfect silhouette of themselves without the harm. We need to remember that so that allows them to capture a healthier moment in time. And so I told this young woman who was in her fatigues and the man was standing next to her and what he wore that time out in the field and this camouflage looking. And as she, he said to me, visualize how we had breakfast together. Now, how would I know that, right? So before they went, they all sat at the same table and they all ate. Does that happen every time? Not necessarily. 
But I was right because he showed me a picture. I let my ego aside. I let the picture be shown to me of them eating. And I said, he said, have her remember us sitting together and having breakfast and what I looked like. And I saw her sit really still. And she, I could see in her face that she was remembering breakfast. And as she did so, his form became pure. His, the bloodied lines and the, the way it appeared to be damaged went away. I almost get emotional thinking about it because in those seconds, she healed, but so did he. It's really profound. When I see these people walk around in spirit form, they're not as a grave would be seen, the horrors of the grave. They're in their beautiful attire. Either that's what they were buried in or there was their favorite dress or suit or uniform or uh, parade costume. Or um, I've seen all kinds of strange things, but it's not going to be in the throes of the death scene. So I want you, if we had this chance to talk tonight, then there was no mistakes that maybe there's someone in the group that's had an unfortunate situation. Mm -hmm. Let it go and remember them the day before, the day, the week, month, because that's how they would want to be remembered. Is there someone in the group that lost a youth, possibly a female? Oh. I can't see the chat room, anybody. So okay, okay. I got a couple of people coming late. We'll share the photos with you before we get off tonight. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Maybe someone will listen to this. So when we get over, because this is so spontaneous, make sure that we kind of write a little something in there to show what this hour is about. Yeah, you guys, the ones that were just coming on, Jerry and Athena, and I know Jen came in late. I didn't know if I was going to do a show tonight, uh, but all of a sudden I, I got I got this thing in my head, and I thought, I got to do a show tonight. And what it was is that we had been talking about the um, – Oh, Jerry says she lost a sister in the 70s. Okay, was she younger? I'm waiting. But anyway, while we're waiting for an answer. <laughs> uh, so I'm, anyway. I'm being told that this is supposed to, that there was a young spirit woman um, that someone would show up to listen to this. So if the sister had seen her damaged in any way, she's supposed to let that Jerry go. Says, yes, she was younger. And how did she die? Did she? Did you see her damaged, or do you visualize her damaged? As she types in, yes, yes, she did. Yeah. Okay. That spirit knew we were going to talk tonight, and she's supposed to let that go. Look how I worded it. It's important for the spirit to also be healthy. So when you think of her damaged, then she has to produce that look. Okay, Jerry. Okay, that's on the spot there. All right. So what I did tonight essentially was that I got to thinking about what we talked about Friday night about the Old City Cemetery. And because I wasn't reading a book today, I was going to read next week, uh, I decided to do something special about the Old City Cemetery because what nobody realizes is I took photos out there when I was first go starting to get into ghost hunting. And I used to go, in fact, I went to like three or four tours that Nancy gave. And so I shared the photos because Nancy didn't realize or know or see this photo where I actually picked up an apparition that Nancy was talking about on the tour. And let's look at those one more time before we take off today. So for the guys that can't, for the people that came in late. Now, here's Nancy. Nancy is the one over on the right 
with the what looks like a white blouse, but this is infrared, so you have to remember she was probably wearing something darker that flashed up white. Flashed up white, that sounds terrible. And I had the long black hair. Yeah. And the top of my face is off, and all you see is my chin. Yeah. And I was using my arm to point toward. Go ahead, Char, now. And the story that Nancy gave was that this woman waits for her daughter or something like that. So there's always somebody waiting. Yeah. And she sits on the edge of the tombstone. And so I happen to have infrared film and an SLR camera, not digital, but SLR. So this is film. And I happen to pick up the woman. And if you look over to the left, and I know this photo is going to go, wait a minute. If you look over to the left, you can see the, the white shape over there above where the two people are, are standing. And she's got she, she's got an old-fashioned hat on. And the original photo, if you go on the website to check it out, CaliforniaHaunts.org, you can zoom in and you can see like a pearl necklace around her neck. And let me put it back down. Where'd it go? Okay. Yeah. And then and Nancy's pointing right at her. So that was done with infrared. And that is Mayor Woolsey at the Sacramento City Cemetery. Yeah, this is um, hard to explain to people, but I see them not only with my eyes, but with my mind. And so I would say 80% of the ghost investigations I've done with her group and several others were by phone. And I keep my eyes closed and I project myself to a location. And I would tell the people where to point the cam camera or the equipment to pick up the spirit people. And of course, there's going to be more when you have a, Oh my gosh, uh, a Saint Asylum, a hospital, you know, broken down school for wayward children or something, or other cemeteries, or the haunted town, uh, Port Orange Paranormal in Florida when you and I first got on with George Lopez. Right. I was walking through town and showing, telling him what I was seeing. So it can be done both ways. It's very satisfying to be able to look around and see these people walk around. And you go, holy tomatoes, you know, like. You're let all these people here are giving you energy to create your form, which benefits my being able to see you. Right. People can, but because I've done this for so long and trained myself, yeah, there's that. So this guy, I, I was looking there and I saw this man walking toward us. And so Char, little punk that she was, she got that camera and went zap, you know, want to catch me being wrong. And of course there is that that's <laughs> right there. And what they do is I'm looking right at it. There's nobody around. So what you see is a core of him. So we call them orbs. Absolutely. But when I looked at him, he projected a form and my life force touched it and gave me a vision of what he looked like. Now, this is not, and I want to, you know, let's, let's, let's make sure. This is not a digital camera. This is done with a film camera, SLR camera. So there's no Photoshop or anything on this. So AI there. That's yeah. liquid. That's a paper with liquid all around yeah. it. That's what, what you see is what you get. And I was surprised mm -hmm. to get it. And then this other one, I was with Karen Clark, and we were actually trying to talk the cemetery people into letting us do tours again. That's after Nancy had moved away. And so they said, well, go around during the day. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take Karen around, and I'll write down where, you know, where, where she gets her hits, and we'll see what she hits on and if it applies and what Nancy got and stuff and they were real happy with that so Karen and I were walking around and we were drawn over to this area because there used to be this gentleman named John Bettencourt who used to head all this up and then back the tours and they actually have a fountain in the middle of the cemetery that's dedicated to him and for some reason we were drawn there I'd, I'd never seen it before all the times I'd been there and we actually sat around and we were taking a break and I snapped this picture of Karen again with the SLR camera 
And if you look off to her right, or her left, well, yeah, her right, you can see that I picked up some ethereal mist. Wow, so somebody, right? Someone came to visit. Yeah. Probably wondering what you guys were doing. Yeah. What, what are you here for? Again, <laughs> I'd like to think it was Mr. Betancourt. I, I would like that. I yeah. suspect he spent a lot of time there because at the time you were taking this, took this picture, you said that the grounds look pretty well taken care of. Yeah. And, yeah. and over time now, it's been 20 years, perhaps they lost interest and it's not being kept up as nice. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been back, but somebody, somebody told me it's not as... The, 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 there's not as many flowers and stuff in there anymore, you know, where they used to have the beautiful pink flowers and all that. It's just not there anymore. But don't hold me to it. I don't want to get in trouble with anybody, but I'm just saying, somebody, I don't forget, I forget who mentioned that with that cemetery. But anyway, guys, we didn't expect to bring Nancy in. That was a surprise, but it was because I, I had these photos and I forgot to, I, I don't think, I, I think, I don't know why I never told her about the photos that I got. So I wanted to bring her in to show her the photos. And so she's been here the whole time, which I thank you for. Well, how about that? You had the photos you were going to show them. And all of a sudden, I had an idea to come into the show not knowing you were going to do it. Now, right. what kind of synchronicity is that? Yeah. yeah. Right? Just like just like the young woman, uh, spirit woman talking to Jerry. Come right. on. Now, right? right? Wait in line. <laughs> so it worked out pretty well. And uh, yeah. again, we started at six. So if you guys want to go back and hear the beginning, that's cool, too. But I want to thank everybody for coming. I know it's Mother's Day. I hope everybody had a great Mother's Day. I was out doing yard work all day. And uh, I'm about to go make dinner here after I upload this thing. But uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. Next week, we will be reading. We will be reading from uh, a book on Lizzie Borden written by our good friend Rebecca. Oh, man. You know, it's like the last name just Pittman. I'm getting senile. So Rebecca Pittman has given us permission to read her Lizzie Borden book. So we're going to start reading that next Sunday. So that'll be our, our read. Tomorrow we'll be back at 6.30 p.m. with Shem Malquist, who is a, I believe he's a, he's a, he's a pilot. And uh, he is really into air safety. So he's going to be talking to us about air safety and also what 5G is doing to the airports and, and the airplanes communications. So we're going to be talking to him about that tomorrow. So that'll be a, that'll be a really, really good show. we got a great lineup of shows coming up this week. But I want to thank everybody for coming today. And, of course, you know, the usual spiel. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> looking for subscribers on YouTube, and that's how we want to do it. Just share, share, share. If you're on YouTube and this is your first time here, or if you've been listening and you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. There's a little guy down at the right-hand corner that's a ghost, and he has a little Sherlock Holmes hat on with a magnifying glass. That's our little mascot investigator. Click on that. We've got almost 250 videos over there, and they're all different topics, and they're all interesting topics. They're not all, they're not all paranormal. So uh, check them out, and I think you'll like it. Uh, please do subscribe, because you know, we really are looking for subscribers and to build our numbers up. And I want to thank all our loyal listeners, anybody that's donated. I want to thank you guys. Uh, I, re I really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, believe me. But and uh, yeah, and again, you know, we're, we're a team that goes out does ghost investigations, but we don't charge. We don't charge for our services, so we take we we rely on donations so that we can get things done by equipment and whatnot. Just like the show, I do it the same way. It's all on donation. All the equipment I have, the mics, computers, all that good stuff, the internet charges, everything all comes out of my pocket, and. Um, I always need help to do that. So if you can find it in your heart to do that, I'd appreciate it. 
you know, I really would. You can help us at paypal.me at California Haunts or Venmo and just type in California Haunts and do that. And if you go to our RSS site, you can actually hit the donate button there. There's a really nice donate page at Facebook. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming. I will see you all tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. or uh, 6.35, depending who comes in to see the intro. But I will see you all tomorrow. And don't forget, next Friday, Nancy's going to be on with us again, and she's going to be doing re- doing some readings. So re- that's one question for you guys to ask Nancy. You know, keep, keep a question that's going to have a short answer, but it's one question for you to ask her. So don't forget about that. Nancy, thank you for coming on. Oh, right. That's really fun tonight. Uh, for those interested in knowing who I am, I've been around 32 years. And <laughs> this is my second career for 32 years. <laughs> and uh, Pacific Bell for 24. But my website is my name, Nancy Matz. Mm-hmm. My second website is my name, author, Nancy Matz, author. And um, keep in touch. Thank you. Yep. All right, guys. We will see you tomorrow. Have a good night. Bye-bye.